Welcome to the OmniTalk Spotlight Series, where we highlight the people, the technologies, and the companies that are shaping the future of retail. Today, we are joined by Tony Shan, head of T-Ball Global for the Americas. Tony, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here with you and doing this today. Yeah, us too. You know, normally, normally I'm pretty hesitant to let to let Cal Berkeley grads, <laughs> excuse me, onto the show. But you know, in this case, I just had to make an exception. Uh, yes. I'm glad. I'm glad you put that aside. Thanks. <laughs> absolutely. We let bygones be bygones. But uh, yeah. but uh, you know, I had to put that aside because your job your job is pretty darn cool and pretty darn interesting. And as you know, Singles Day is you know right here. Uh, you know this. You know this week as we're recording this. You know, there's a lot Anne and I have been learning. Um, not just about Alibaba in general, but mm-hmm. about specifically what you do too, which we're going to get to, which is the Overseas Fulfillment Program. Yep. Um, so let's start. I think, you know, Alibaba, you know, for many listeners is probably something people have heard about. Singles mm-hmm. Day is probably something people have heard about. But let's start at the beginning. Let's really wind it back. Can you give us a little bit of background on, again, who Alibaba is? And then also, what is Singles Day and how does it play into everything? Sure, of course. So um, Alibaba was started in 1999 by 18 founders in Jack Ma's apartment in Hangzhou, China. It is now the world's largest online and mobile commerce company. Um, Our ecosystem, which is grounded in our customers and also analytical data, has transformed into a digital economy covering different market segments um, and industries, both in China and also abroad. Um, Tmall Global, which is my business unit, is our cross-border retail business um, within the Alibaba core commerce segment. Um, we also have platforms focused um, specifically on domestic China market like Tmall and Taobao and our wholesale commerce platform, Alibaba.com. And then aside from core commerce, uh, we also have consumer services that include travel, logistics and payment. Um, and then in addition to that, we have digital media, entertainment, as well as various innovation initiatives. So all of these components are integrated to really support our core commerce business and serving our customers. Now for Singles Day, uh, which was first celebrated on November 11th, 1993 um, at Chinese universities as a celebration of being single. So it was dubbed Singles Day for the four ones, uh, 11-11. Um, oh, Alibaba, wow. yeah, yeah. So Alibaba adopted Singles Day back in 2009, um, inviting Chinese consumers to buy themselves gifts in the spirit of an anti-Valentine's Day. Um, so since Alibaba's first 11-11, um, this festival has grown from 27 brands participating back in 2009 to uh, over 200,000 brands participating last year in 2019. And, and last year, so for this event, Alibaba generated um, 38.4 billion USD in gross merchandise value, which was two times larger than all Black Friday and Cyber Monday combined. So it has become a holiday season for Chinese shoppers where retail is now really the entertainment. Um, it is also a testbed for new retail innovations and exclusive product launches from our brand partners. And this year you're doing it a little bit differently, right? Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys actually extended the holiday this year over a, not just a single day, but over a few weeks now. Tell us about that. How did that all work? Yeah. So um, Double Eleven has already started um, this year for 2020. It actually started back in October 20th uh, with a preview period where customers can put down a prepayment to secure the goods they want. 
And then on November 1st, uh, which was the official kickoff uh, of this shopping festival for this year, uh, began with what we call the first wave. Um, so this year, more than 250,000 brands are participating. Uh, and the number of new products debuting on our team uh, B2C platform alone will exceed 2 million. And that's twice the number of new products from last year. Um, the event is also um, anticipating this highest ever consumer turnout with about 800 million users participating. Um, like you said, so unlike previous year where it was just for single stay on 11.11, the sales extra extravaganza this year will spend two sales periods. So from November 1st to 3rd, which already happened. And also as we speak now, we're actually in the middle of our second sales period on 11.11 itself already in China. Um, so the reason for this year's extended sales period is to really give brands and also uh, SMEs more exposures and opportunities to reach consumers. Um, so as China looks to be closer to the tail end of this coronavirus pandemic, 11.11 um, is expected to be a major growth driver for merchants. Uh, by having these two key sales periods, consumers who buy during the first phase will by now will receive their products already, so it's a lot okay. sooner. And then the extended festival also offers them more time to browse and snatch up different deals, which also means a better and faster fulfillment experience. Um, the platform is providing these red pockets or coupons for consumers. And there's also a gamification involved where it will be very interactive for consumers to get more value and additional discounts and benefits during this time. Yeah, and you said something really interesting too in terms of the SMEs. I know we're going to talk about that a little bit more, but you know, I, it sounds really interesting in the sense of part of this was to you know allow for more opportunities to sell product, especially given the fact that many physical retail mm -hmm. locations are closed this year. And so then you know extending yeah. that window gave people more opportunity and honestly more safer ways to shop for what they're looking for as well. That was yeah, a key sure. piece of this as well, right? Yep. Very interesting. Right, well, tell us then, okay, so... How, what, so Tmall, your job is specifically, mm -hmm. I'm going to read it again, the head of Tmall Global for the Americas. Yeah. What is Tmall in general? And then how specifically does your role fit into that? Yeah, so, um, so I lead a team of category experts and business development professionals uh, based here in North America for Tmall Global, okay. uh, which is the largest business to consumer cross-border e-commerce in China and again, part of our Alibaba Group's digital economy. Um, so for Tmall Global, we offer various business solutions for international brands to venture into the China market. Um, so currently Tmall Global has over 26,000 international brands from 84 countries and regions and covering more than 5,300 product categories. Um, so Tmall Global is the premier destination for Chinese consumers to buy imported goods and also for, for these brands to reach over 800 million of these cus customers in the Alibaba ecosystem. Um, having my team here in North America, I think it's also an advantage because we not only understand the Chinese market and, and the trends there, we also know what's going on here locally in the US market. So we're more equipped to help these brands to understand um, and to understand their objectives and any concerns that they have uh, about um, selling into the Chinese market. So Tony, are brands coming to you or are you like, how are you bringing brands onto the TML platform? Because I think like to Chris's earlier point, I think there's, there's a lot mm -hmm. of familiarity, but especially I think as you get to the smaller businesses that Chris mentioned that, you know, the moms and pops that are just kind of figuring out how to get online and, and sell mm -hmm. the product. How, how does that process work from, from the mom and pop to the, the larger brand or retailer? 
Yeah, yeah. So like I said, we have a team here. Um, so when we used to be able to go out, uh, we do <laughs> attend a lot of uh, trade shows uh, across okay. the country uh, for different categories. So then we are, our team are able, we're able to um, have face-to-face conversations with a lot of the exhibiting brands um, at these trade shows. Uh, but because of the pandemic, we're not all working from home and in my bedroom working right now. Uh, we, we're doing a lot of um, online events, uh, a lot of webinars. Um, so since, um, you know, April, when we started this, we've done more than 50 events covering different um, categories, different industries. And we're also partnering with a lot of uh, various, you know, publications, um, organizations like yours, so we can kind of get the word out in terms of, you know, who is Tmall Global? What is the opportunity for Chinese uh, for the, uh, for brands in the Chinese market, and how we can work with them together to be able to really have these brands consider um, China market as one of their channels. Yeah, it's interesting here, Tony, because we, you know, we've long been a fan of U.S. companies looking to sell their products overseas and specifically on Tmall. Uh, in fact, I think I wrote my first article outlining all of the, I think it was, I think it was five, maybe even six reasons. I think I went off the grid and gave six reasons for why it was a good idea for companies to explore. And I think that was, like I said, way back in 2018. Um, and now you guys are making that happen. I think over the last, you know, period of time, short period of time, you've, you've been doing this thing called the overseas fulfillment program, which is aimed to do exactly yeah. that, to help people get online easier and faster. Uh, or, and to sell their products mm-hmm. in China. What is that? Pro- let's start there. What is that program? And then let's yeah. click into yeah. it from the mindset of a, of a small business in terms of how it works. So for Tmall Global, we hope to enable brands and merchants from small to big to grow their business and their brand and broaden their customer base while also bringing more high quality American products to consumers in China. Um, so this year, we have placed more emphasis on our Tmall Global Overseas Fulfillment Solution, which is a mm-hmm. lower cost, lower w- uh, risk way for brands to test the waters, um, an additional channel to sell their products and the opportunity to fine tune their go to market strategy before potentially making a, a more full fledged entry into China. Uh, the Overseas Fulfillment Program launched about two years ago as when we were seeing a continued expansion of the middle class uh, in China and an increase in their discretionary income across multiple consumer demographics. So as their spending power climbs, these Chinese consumers are increasingly looking for high quality products from reputable international brands. So also our millennials and Generation Z consumers, uh, they're more willing to try different brands um, that speaks to their personalities and lifestyles. Uh, so the Overseas Fulfillment Program is a way to introduce more selection from around the globe faster and easier. Um, it is also great for these brands um, who are interested to really commit to venturing into the market to gather some initial information uh, from with this program. Uh, we use warehouses here in Los Angeles and New York uh, to fulfill <laughs> orders directly to the end consumers in China. So this offers more inventory flexibility for merchants um, and provide a lower logistics and operational costs. As our operations team um, in Hangzhou, they will actually do the selling of these products through our overseas fulfillment storefront. Hmm. 
Interesting. So they'll handle all that side of things. Okay. Yeah. I really want to get into this. I know Ann's got a ton of questions here too. I mean, Ann, what's going through your mind? My, my mind is like, I'm a small business. How do I like, literally, how do I like get started on something like this? What does all entail? What are you thinking? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's that. And you know, what should I be thinking about if I'm about yeah. to sell my product in overseas for the first time ever, really? Yeah, so I think to evaluate if this overseas fulfillment program is right for you as a brand, um, the first step is to have a conversation with one of our category um, experts here in the U.S., so a a team member uh, on my team. So we want to understand, you know, as a brand, what is your objective and your approach to the Chinese market? Um, There are also some basic things that a a brand needs to fulfill um, in order to do this, like being e-commerce ready. Um, having a UPC on each individual SKU, have images and product descriptions to be able to sell online and also have your U.S. trademark registered and ideally the Chinese trademark as well, since China has a first to file trademark policy. So whether you decide to enter China now or later, um, our recommendation is always to register your trademark in China as soon as possible for your own brand protection. Um, And then we would move on to a more extensive discussion in terms of um, things like assortment planning, like what is the key item or items to really represent your brand, pricing strategy from everyday retail to special promotional pricing. Um, And then this is followed by more of administrative work, like setting up in our vendor system, reviewing and and signing a vendor agreement, setting up products in our system and then shipping the goods to our designated warehouse here in the U.S., and then providing the, the images and product descriptions uh, that I mentioned earlier for um, the product detail pages um, to be shown to consumers in China. Um, so the onboarding process from to start to finish is on average, I would say about one month, um, and it could be faster or slower depending on this whole evaluation and planning process that we have with the brand. And Tony, is that part of the onboarding with Tmall or how, how does it work in terms of like, do they pay a fee? Like what is the investment from the brand side? So for the overseas fulfillment program, we work on a consignment wholesale basis. Okay. Um, so we would um, agree upon a um, wholesale uh, price. Um, and then we also need to talk about, like I mentioned earlier, the retail pricing strategy uh, in terms of what we should be selling the product at. And then um, our team uh, will be managing the operations and the selling uh, of the products and, and the shipping of the goods to the end consumer. And that would all be covered within our um, the wholesale margin um, that was agreed upon before. Which is a, a really, I think, significant value to the brands too. I mean, when you're thinking about what goes into like selling, like we said, selling in a new market for the first time, mm-hmm. Um, the expertise that your team has sounds yes. like, you know, that's, that's not something to be dismissed here. Like that's a big part of being successful all around in, in doing this, I'd imagine. For sure. I think one thing um, I didn't mention earlier is, you know, we do have this extensive um, platform infrastructure with a lot of um, data and consumer demographics. And I think one thing that we're able to offer is, uh, you know, we can provide a lot of this information to really help guide the overall strategy of um, for a brand when they're thinking about um, selling to this market for the first time. So then we can try out different things. And, and uh, you know, if it works, then we can have a more extensive collaboration in terms of what is the long-term trajectory of the brand um, in the Chinese market. 
And is that typically how you guys do things where you say, Hey, let's, let's, you know, pick a few items. Let's work through all the logistics of getting everything set up and, you know, mm-hmm. all the dynamics around fulfillment and getting anything shipped to the right place and then getting the items live on Tmall, you know, seeing how mm-hmm. it goes and then, you know, building the relationship out from there. Is that kind of the principal tenet yes. of what you're describing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. What, what size companies are you finding that you, you know, you're t- you know, are typically ideal for this? Like, is there a, is it a volume hurdle? Is it a sophistication yeah. hurdle? Is it all of the above? Like what, what usually leads to the highest so, level of success? Yeah. So we don't have a, a, a hard like volume threshold in terms of how big the brand um, needs to be already here in the U S I think what's more important is really the overall brand and product appeal um, to the Chinese consumers. Um, I think if something is really on trend or fulfills a product gap already existing in the Chinese market, that would help a lot. And I think a brand with rich history or a compelling brand story would be great for marketing and for content. And I think that's the story that we want to tell the consumers and kind of engage uh, with them um, so then they they know what's going on with these brands um, and then product uniqueness and efficacy I think it would also be important to determine if a brand would have um, that appeal to the Chinese consumer are there any types I'm curious are there any type based on what you just said are there any types of product categories that you're seeing are especially hot right now uh, over yeah, in China so- that are coming from the U.S. Yeah, so I can give um, a couple examples. So when we first launched the Overseas Fulfillment Program, um, Timo Global was lacking in selection for a high premium um, baby and maternity care line. Um, oh. So we, we had a lot of things like, you know, the Avino, Baby Ganex um, type of products that are kind of low price point, everyday use, um, and has been around for a long time. Um, so we introduced a brand from New York um, that specializes in this high premium space. Um, it's very um, aesthetically pleasing to the eye. It's very high end. It's really targeting the mom rather than having more, uh, you know, fun cartoon characters might be targeting to the kids, right? So, um, so by working together with this brand, we really was able to find its niche in the Chinese market and doing a lot of the content marketing and consumer targeting around it. So we were able to build a significant um, brand presence and following uh, for the brand. Um, The brand had since launched its own flagship store on Tmall Global and is now one of the top baby and maternity care brand on the platform. And, you know, it's competing with brands like Avino that's been around for a long time, uh, you know, part of Johnson Johnson. So um, it's it's something that that we were able to first introduce via the Tmall Overseas Fulfillment Program. Um, and another example is that during the pandemic, many consumers were staying at home here in the U.S., but also in China when at the height of the pandemic there. So they were looking to spruce up their homes since they were spending a lot of time there. So we've seen a huge interest in home fragrance and aromatherapy. So we saw that opportunity and was able to launch a Seattle-based brand that specializes in home fragrance and diffusers and, and things like that. Um, so we partnered also with a, a KOL, a, a key opinion leader, um, or what we call influencer in China, uh, who has an, an interest in this category um, oh. as well. So we were able to partner together and, and within like a five minute live stream, we can sell hundreds of these like high premium diffusers, right? Through, through a KOL live stream. Um, so I think, you know, the Chinese market is, is big and consumers all have 
varied and very different tastes. Um, so I think uh, what would make a, a brand successful is really finding its own space in the market. Um, so although we would love to see all brands that we work with to succeed, I would caveat that by, by saying that not every brand is going to work. Um, but my team, of course, is here to help and, and provide um, that guidance for, for these brands that we work with. And, and because of the flexibility and the lower risk um, characteristics of the overseas fulfillment program, you know, we can try different things. We can swap out different SKUs. You know, we can play around with pricing, with marketing. And if they don't work, um, hopefully it'll be a good learning experience for these brands and, and won't be too much of a loss uh, for, for them as well. And Tony, uh, as far as the lift is concerned from the brand standpoint, I mean, they, it sounds like you're able to, especially if they already have an e-commerce site stood up, you're able to then just pull this information or are they redoing, is it like, what's the amount of effort, I guess, is required in getting their product on there? Are they redoing anything or is it, are you able to kind of work with them to pull from what they have existing, their existing framework? Yeah, I think um, ideally we would want to pull from what they already have. Um, We do have to work with, um, a third-party service provider to translate everything to Chinese uh, because mm-hmm. I would assume everything they have here is um, would be in English. So we want to be able to, you know, translate it and speak to our consumers uh, on a platform. Um, so the only thing that's extra, if they already have the, this content piece, is to really translate that to to the Chinese consumer. I mean, that's a huge value. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. just so valuable to these these brands, especially the, you know, for me, like Chris said at the beginning, I think it's really understanding how the the smaller brands can open this up and have this capability and the live streaming part of it. That's incredible. (laughs) Like, as you said, I think about like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we've been playing around in this space a lot too with Shopify ourselves. And so I was curious, part of the reason I wanted to do this was even just self-serving to just to kind of learn how it all works. But I, Tony, to close this out, and then we'll get to you know how millennial are you with Anne and, and, and with me jumping in there where possible. But uh, yeah. when you say risk, like lay it out for us. You know, Anne talked about it a little bit, but like let's say it doesn't work. Like, what are the risks inherently? What what is the brand potentially out if it doesn't work? What 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 costs are they going to incur just so they have full visibility of what we're talking about here? Of course, yeah. Um, so we are utilizing warehouses here in the U.S., so in Los Angeles and in New York. So one of the costs, um, you know, the, the brand would have to bear is shipping from their own warehouse okay. to these warehouses. Um, it is on a consignment basis um, at a, on a agreed wholesale. Uh, but we generally, at least in the beginning, we would be uh, relatively conservative in, in terms of how much um, inventory to stock. Uh, we'd rather, you know, have some SKUs and some inventory in the warehouse, do the selling first. And then once we have the data, we, we can actually do, we do pretty well in terms of replenishment and reordering and having a cadence. So then we can always replenish as needed, right? So we want to limit that um, risk for, for the brands um, as well. Um, so then if it does not work at the end of the day, they just take back the inventory. And, and hopefully that's, you know, uh, the, the only thing. Yeah. So that's the part I really want people here because I was, I was, I was like, I, I want to ask this question because I think it's really important. Because basically what you're telling me, if I hear you right, is the risk for me, and this is what I was trying to get to in the piece with Forbes, and there's a whole other thing around mm-hmm. this, but the risk to me of accessing the largest consumer market in the world essentially is essentially deciding how many units I want to ship to LA or New York. That's it. 
That's the fundamental <laughs> option value that we're talking about here. It's that it's that simple and that straightforward. There's there's nothing else to it. Yeah, I think I would say that's the the um, minimum of the things that you would commit to, right? It's like parting yeah. ways with a certain amount of inventory for however long that you want to part away with that. Yeah. Um, into our our warehouse and ship it there. Um, yeah. and then. Of course, we would want to work more closely with these brands and, and not just um, like have you set it and forget it, right? I, I, would <laughs> yeah. like to, I would like to see this as a partnership to venture into a new market right. together and explore together. Um, so again, like I said, as a platform, we can provide the macro category data trends yep. and customer demographics and any insights from an operational perspective. But successful brands would also really need to be willing to try different things like you know sponsoring live streaming or doing the content marketing that's very important and, and potentially funding some promotions during big campaigns like Double Eleven mm-hmm. um, or exclusive product launches and things like that. Um, so we would like them to, you know, really work with us and, and stay involved. Um, so I, I, I guess, you know, that would also be part of it. Uh, but I think right. it's really the, the starting point is really um, the long-term success of the brand. So we want them to, 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 to be um, doing this with us together. That's a great point. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause like, yeah, if you're gonna make this work, sure you gotta get the goods to LA, New York, but at the end of the day, you also have to put a strategic focus on how you want to optimize it and be as successful with it as mm-hmm. possible because the payout yeah. could be quite, quite large as, as you described, especially in comparison yeah. to some of those brands you talked about. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome, that was great. All right, man, this is gonna be fun. I don't know if we've ever done this with a Cal Berkeley grad. So this could be, this could go in a lot of different, lot of different directions, but Tony, are you ready for how millennial are you? Sure. Yeah. All right. right. Pretty millennial myself. Yes. (laughs) Very convincing there. All right. I I think you'll, I actually think you'll do pretty well in this one. Me too. Um, Okay. The first question, Tony, when you're paying for groceries, are you pulling out a credit card or cash or using some form of mobile payment? Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. So, um, so when I'm in China, um, I only need my mobile phone, uh, because I can access Alipay, which is our Alibaba's mobile payment platform, um, similar to a PayPal or, or Venmo, um, and basically use it to, to pay for, for anything and everything. And I can do other things like ordering a taxi on it as well. Um, but when I'm back in the U S, um, I, I think I also have the habit of using my phone for Apple pay. Uh, okay. But I think now with the pandemic and the necessary need to wear masks, it's hard to use Apple Pay because I'll have to take off my mask to use oh, right. ID uh, or have to type in my passcode, which it's a long one. So, it, it, and, you know, fat fingers. Um, so I'm actually glad that most credit cards nowadays have this contactless chip option. So yeah. I can just like tap at the credit card mm. machine. Um, so that's what I've been using quite a lot lately. Yes, I, I think that's the best answer possible to that <laughs> question. I also love when you pay yeah. with contactless payment and then they make you sign like a oh, pin yeah. pad. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Using their fingers and <laughs> something, your hand something doesn't compute here. This doesn't make yeah. quite yeah. quite a lot of sense. Um, no, that's a great, great answer. You're doing great. Let's go on to the next question. We haven't heard that mask thing yet either, Anne. That's the first time. Like we're yeah. like the mask in Apple Pay. That's like a new wrinkle, even though we've been Ads, asking these questions about every week since the pandemic bang began. That's true. That's, That's true. Uh, okay. So how many times, Tony, in the last week, have you ordered food or drinks from an app? Oh, 
Okay. Um, I think I I definitely use food delivery apps a lot. Um, like I have Seamless, DoorDash, Caviar, Uber Eats. I probably have it all. Um, but I think I've also been cooking and baking a lot now during the pandemic, which I think my family actually appreciates a lot. Um, I'm I'm getting really good at one pot or one pan dinners and and baking breads um, like everyone else is. <laughs> Uh, during this time, um, but I would still say on average, um, probably still order maybe delivery four to six times a week. Okay, still yeah. good answer. You're doing it's a pretty you're high doing clip. Well. I yeah. know. Uh, okay, last question: If okay. you could only use one social app, Ooh, which okay. app would it be, and why? Okay, I'm. I might have another two part answer to okay. that. Um, so I think for my work. Uh, with the Chinese market, um, I use Douyin often, which is the t- Chinese TikTok, um, just to see what people are talking about or are doing there. Um, short form video is, you know, all the rage in China, both for sure. entertainment and and I think also starting to be a new form of guided shopping. So we might be seeing that as mm-hmm. you know, the next live streaming. Um, here in the U.S., uh, my go-to social platform is uh, Instagram. Um, I don't post very often, but I like to keep up with, with friends and, and seeing what they're up to. Um, and it's more visual, which, which I like. Yeah. That both incredible answers. You're for sure. Like the most millennial by far <laughs> that we've ever interviewed in, in internationally, like, can we call you yeah, just the international, international millennial right, man of mystery? Yeah. You're, you did very yeah. well, Tony. We're not, very I hope impressed. my, um, <laughs> I, I'm hoping my age will probably be considered generation Z. That would even be better. You're really getting old. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Anything is possible. Yeah. yeah, no, I was, that's what I was excited. This was probably my most, uh, the, the, how millennial are you? I probably anticipated the most just because I knew the perspectives we were going to get from, from uh-huh. Tony and this show were going to be really different than anything we've had before. So yeah, man, I think you passed with flying colors and probably could teach us yeah. all a little bit of something about, you know, how to, how to about, think about all these things differently over the next few years. But well, Hey man, that was uh that was a ton of fun. Uh, even for a Cal grad, it was a ton of fun. It was a blast. <laughs> If people were listening to this, because I have a feeling they are, I mean, I have a feeling there's a lot of, you know, like you said, SMEs that are kind of listening to this podcast and saying, huh, and hopefully the way these guys just outlined this, this seems like something that could be a low cost option to explore. What's the best way for them, if interested, to go about doing that? Should they get in touch with you? Should they go to a website? Like, what should they do? Yeah, so um, we we actually have a, a website what we call like a merchant channel. Um, it's okay. merchant.tmall.hk. Um, it's in English and also other languages um, that really serves as our information hub and knowledge center. Um, it has more information on our various solutions that Tmall Global has to offer. Um, some case studies um, as well from current brands that we work with and also a lot of educational webinars that, that we, we've done over the last um, six or so months. Um, it is fully supported by our local business development professionals around the, the world, actually. Um, you can click on this Join Us um, tab on, on that website and enter some basic brand information, and they will be routed to a local business development team member in your category, your, your uh, product category, and also region, who will follow up with you directly and, and to explore um, next steps together. Um, of course, you can also reach out to me directly. Um, my email is tony.shan, T-O-N-Y dot S-H-A-N at alibaba-inc.com. 
Um, and I really look forward to connecting with those who are interested in, in working with us and, and, and really explore the Chinese market together. Yeah, that's awesome. Love the email drop. Whenever we get the email drop, we know it's something cool and something something really interesting to check out. Yeah. So that is awesome. Yeah, if you're interested, interested in the Overseas Fulfillment Program, contact Tony directly and uh, you know he'll hook you up. And he said there's a bunch of other websites you can go to as well. So hey, again, thank you so much. Tony Shan, the head of Tmall Global for the Americas. For all those listening out there, we say it every week. It's never more important than it is right now. Be careful out there.